Hello and welcome back to the Daily Royal, a podcast covering all the daily events of the European royal families. Today, we'll be talking about the events and updates from March 26th, 2020. Starting off with the British royal family, um, we'll start with the biggest news. There wasn't a whole lot of information released today on Prince Charles and his um, life living with coronavirus. Um, However, they did say, like, he is still working, but um, just via telephone and teleconference and all of those things that the rest of the world is really doing. Um, But it does sound like his symptoms aren't very serious. He's just, he's got it and he's living life. Um, Very British of him. Um, and I think that that is giving people a lot of hope that if you do get this thing, you can usually function through it. Um, we just don't want to spread it around, which is why we're doing things like isolating and social distancing and staying home. Um, and then this evening, um, the royal family was, um, promoting all day that this evening at 8 p.m. in, uh, the UK that, Everybody should be doing this applause um, for the healthcare providers, um, which other European countries are doing as well. Spain has been doing it. Uh, the Netherlands does it. Um, so it's happening a lot. Um, and it just shows, you know, that communities are coming together to show appreciation uh, for the people that are <laughs> going to work every day and uh, making sure that we as a society are okay. Um which was really, really great. Um, And then I wasn't sure when I was writing this script up if we would get anything. But as I was finishing, we got videos um, from several people doing this. Um, So we got a video of Charles and Camilla clapping from their isolation at Balmoral, Um, the Earl and Countess of Wessex with their children. Um, And of course, my favorite, we got Prince George, Princess Charlotte and Prince Louis clapping in their garden. Um, they recorded it earlier in the day, um, but they were clapping for their healthcare providers and it was just really, really cute. Um, so I was very happy to see all that, um, from the British Royal family. Um, and that's what we had from them today. So we are now going to move on to the Belgians. So today was a much lighter day for the Belgian royal family, at least in terms of what they posted on social media. Um, The only thing that was posted was that King Philippe had a telephone conversation with the Belgian foreign minister um, about how all of the Belgian citizens that are abroad are able to get home. Um, So that is a thing that, you know, has to happen and Um, trying to figure out the logistics. So that is something that uh, King Philippe was working on today um, in his phone conversation. Um, And then there was nothing new in Denmark. So we're going to skip them and move on to the Dutch royal family.
so this morning, King Willem Alexander uh, visited the Ministry of Foreign Affairs so that he could gather information um, on the crisis coordination activities that are happening. Um, and also, this is the same department that is in charge of getting Dutch citizens home. Um, so he was informed about all of the um, ways that the embassies and such are helping. Um, and then he also gathered information on embassies and their staff and how they're doing in um, the countries that they're working in. Um, so I, I didn't even think about this. <laughs> um, but people of other countries are stationed, essentially, for their job um, all across the world. And so are they receiving care? You know, I'm thinking specifically of, like, the Dutch embassy in Italy or in Spain, um, you know, where those countries are on lockdown and are just horrific numbers are coming out of those two countries. Um, you know, what are the people of other, what are the citizens of other countries doing? Um, so the king was there to um, learn about all of that and gather information. Um, and then... <laughs> Uh, Queen Maxima today FaceTimed into a local hospital um, where she um, surprised a series of nurses um, and expressed her support and thanks um, and was able to have just conversations about the going-ons um, at the hospital and how they're, they're doing, the nurses are doing, the doctors. Um, and in a, a video released kind of afterwards, the hospital interviewed some of the people that she talked to, um, and they just seemed very surprised and grateful that a royal took time to um, speak with them. So that was really, really cool. Um, and that is it for the Dutch royals. And now we're going to move on to Norway. <laughs> Norway, uh, Crown Prince Akun held a teleconference with representatives of associations and organizations that um, help children. And so they talked about the shift in programming for um, the kids that they are helping, um, whether that be at home, in foster care, in orphanages, um, or other places. And this is, you know, because kids are struggling just as much as adults are right now. They don't understand what's going on. Their structure is completely gone. Um, and so these organizations are super important to kind of help uh, bridge that gap and create some structure. And so the Crown Prince thanked them thanked them for that work um, and stressed how important it was. Um, so that is it for Norway. And now we are going to move on to Spain. In 
Spain, the Spanish royal house's social media is stepping up their game as well. Um, and it seemed like a very busy day for King Felipe um, and a few more meetings for Queen Letizia. Um, so King Felipe started his day by visiting the emergency field hospital um, at IFEMA, which is the huge convention center in Madrid. Um, <clears throat> and this is essentially a pop-up hospital. Um, and this was possibly the scariest thing I have seen during this entire uh, coronavirus outbreak, um, or at least it's the thing that filled me with the most anxiety. Um, so, Felipe arrived to IFEMA and uh, had on a um, mask and gloves, obviously for um, safety reasons. He then toured the facility um, and shared a meeting where he learned all about the way um, IFEMA is handling this and what the um, hospital kind of rules are going to be. Um, so they were expected to start seeing patients today, um, and that patient number will continue to grow um, as Spain's coronavirus patients uh, continues to grow right now. Um, so currently they are using pavilions 7 and 9 um, as two hospitals, essentially. Um, two of the main public hospitals in Madrid each get a pavilion. Um, and that is expected to grow at this point. Um, so that is what he did. He also um, gave a speech um, in which I'm sure he thanked everybody and um, talked about and addressed the situation that is going on. Um, and then he held some meetings, some in person, some over teleconference, and some over the phone. Um, so in person, he met with the Minister of the Interior, um, and then he had a video call with the president of the Galatian Federation of Fishermen um, to learn how COVID-19 is affecting the fishing sector. Um, and then he and Letizia together held a video conference with the president of, Moca, of Mercadona, uh, which is a supermarket chain in Spain. It's one of the largest um, about distribution of food um, and how distribution is going right now. And then finally, uh, Queen Letizia had a couple of telephone meetings, um, one with the president of a government agency um, that is set up to help people with disabilities, um, as well as the president of UNICEF Spain about helping um how UNICEF is helping the vulnerable children in Spain and how they are able to get supplies to um, carry out their mission. Um, so that is what she was focused on today. Um, and that is it for Spain, another busy day of meetings. Um, and now we are going to move on to Sweden. <laughs> So in Sweden, uh, Crown Princess Victoria and Prince Daniel visited Sweden's field hospital. Uh, that is another pop-up hospital, and this is at Stockholm Fair. 
Um, so they toured the facility, got information how the field hospital will work, um, and of course thanked them for all the work that they are doing um, to, to run this. Um, and so similarly to the pop-up hospital in Spain, um, this is a hospital that is um, under Swedish health, the Swedish healthcare system, um, and will be used kind of as overflow for coronavirus patients. Um, so that was what they were doing today. Um, and that is it for the rundown of the daily events of the royal families. And now we're going to go on to the second and final part of the history of the Dutch royal family. So yesterday, we left off at Wilhelmina, um, who became queen of the Netherlands at the age of 10. Um, so because of that, her mother served as regent for eight years. So we will start there with Queen Emma. Um, so Emma was a educated regent. Um, she focused on meeting with the cabinet ministers every two weeks um, and observed all the laws p placed on a monarch. Uh, and believed strongly in the Constitution and abiding by a constitutional monarchy. Um, and she made sure her daughter did as well, um, and made sure that her daughter had access to the best education possible, uh, and spent the last two years of her regency making sure that Wilhelmina was ready to serve as reigning queen. Um, and so Wilhelmina was sworn in as queen on her 18th birthday, um, and apparently she was a force to be reckoned with as queen. She made her forceful personality known when two years after her swearing in, she ordered a warship in her fleet to evacuate a president of South Africa who was not doing very well in an uprising. Um, so Wilhelmina was queen during both of the uh, wars. Um, and so during the first, she was able to remain um, neutral for the Netherlands, um, even though there was always some threat of invasion from everyone uh, and some attempts, but nothing really stuck too intensely. And then when the Second World War hit, uh, Germany invaded and took control of the Netherlands in May of 1940. Um, this was not a kind of peaceful takeover, peaceful invasion, such as we had in Denmark, um, but rather a very forceful, not great one. Um, so Wilhelmina and her family fled to the United Kingdom, uh, where she took control of the Dutch government in exile uh, to make sure, so a government in exile basically makes sure that when the war is over, um, if there's a country to go back to, that the governing walls are still there. Um, to make that transition easier. Um, so after the liberation in 1945, Wilhelmina uh, worked on becoming a very modern queen. She toured her country and provided hope. Um, and then unfortunately later she started having some ailing health. Um, and so on September 4th of 1948, she abdicated her 
throne to her only child, Juliana, um, and thus began the Dutch tradition of abdication. Uh, so Wilhelmina became Princess Wilhelmina while her daughter became queen. Um, and Juliana was the only child of Wilhelmina. Uh, she had served as regent for her mother a few times because of her mother's ailing health. Um, though much of the war for Indonesian independence was over, Queen Juliana saw um, Indonesia become completely independent and recognized them as a country. Um, and I know that's something that I've talked about a good bit during this month of the podcast because King Willem Alexander and Queen Maxima just did a state visit to Indonesia. Um, so Juliana was queen during some domestic crises, uh, including some by her own family, um, and also including a storm that caused severe flooding, um, of the Amsterdam dams, uh, and canals. So that was all a little bit of some drama to, uh, get through the Dutch royal family. Um, and then on April 30th, 1980, after a drama filled rain, Juliana abdicated on her 71st birthday or April 30th of 1980. And she abdicated the throne in favor of her daughter, Beatrix. Um, so Beatrix was the oldest child of Queen Juliana and Prince Bernard. Uh, she spent some of her childhood in Canada during the war. Um, that is where her mom and um, siblings went uh, after they fled to the United Kingdom. They then f fled even further into Canada. Um, and so in 1966, prin uh, then Princess Beatrix married Prince Klaus, and they had three boys. Um, and then on April 30th of 1980, she became Queen Beatrix. Um, so she oversaw a period of change where some of the Dutch colonies, because I don't have a better word for it, um, became their own countries with the monarch being uh, the same, uh, which is similar to the Commonwealth of Nations with Queen Elizabeth as the head, but much smaller. Um, her reign did not have any major political complications other than the way she was informed about the formation of the government. So prior to 2012, the monarch of the Netherlands was able to appoint a political informer, um, but post 2012, the government appointed its own informer for the uh, monarch. Um, in 2009, she and her family were the victims of an attack on Queen's Day. Um, and I know I've talked about this incident before um, on the podcast, um, but she, uh, the family was the target of a um, car ramming. However, the driver of the car um, and the planner of the attack missed um, and hit a monument instead, uh, killing several people as well as himself in the process. Um, and then in 2013, after a very successful 33-year reign, she abdicated in favor of her son, Prince Willem Alexander, um, so she is currently Princess Beatrix and still carries out occasional engagements on behalf of her country. Um, and that brings us to today, where King Willem Alexander has been king for almost seven years, um, which I can't believe. Like, his swearing-in inauguration was one of my favorite royal moments ever. Um, in 2002, he married Maxima, and they have three children, three daughters. Um, he is the second youngest monarch in Europe. Um, and so far, he has not had any major events except for right now. 
um, with the outbreak of the coronavirus pandemic, uh, which prompted him to give his very first uh, special address to the nation about how the country and citizens should respond to this crisis. Um, and so he's pretty popular, as are his wife and children. And that brings us completely up to date on the Dutch royal family. Uh, so thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I will be back tomorrow. Uh, no, I'll be back on Monday in your subscription boxes talking about all the events, uh, pictures, updates, anything we get over the weekend. Um, and then we will on Tuesday go through a history of the Norwegian royal family and then uh, the Spanish royal family will be later in the week. Um, but I will talk to you all on Monday. Bye.